Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's news talk radio, TNT. Yes, it's uh, Wednesday, the 24th of January. Can't believe it. We're almost into February already. Where the heck is time going? We're chucking our way through 2024 already, but it's all good. And uh, we're very happy to have you people along for the ride. Also on TNT, today's news talk, just to make you aware, of course, we have a website, tntradio.live. You can go there, check out our merchandise, check out our scheduling, uh, communicate with the people that are on air at the minute, leave suggestions, uh, promote your events listen back to shows that you may have missed and of course you can watch the live stream it's embedded on the homepage of our website tntradio.live so you have a choice now you didn't have that choice what three four months ago to, to watch as well as listen and we know some people really like to watch what's going on here some people prefer to listen the beautiful thing is the choice is yours people you can do whatever you like to make your experience that much more enjoyable so plenty to come up uh, in this hour i'm going to be talking to Gem again in just a minute or two also i have anthony weber joining me at around 20 past for the first time. He's a political commentator. He's an analyst, a strategist. He's a marketing director of uh, Wish Consultancy. We're going to talk about American politics, what's happening in the political scene in America. And then I'm going to be joined at around 22 by Ian Davis from In This Together. Ian is an absolute legend, is super knowledgeable on all things geopolitical. So we're going to be talking to him at the end of the show. So all that still to look forward to. What else is happening in the world? Well, I do. You know, I have to cast my eye around and see what's happening all over the place. So sadly in Ireland, uh, violent attacks uh, towards women is continuing, especially by men that probably shouldn't be in the country in the first place. So uh, this was reported on yesterday in Dublin. A man accused of extremely violent attack on two women has been granted bail. Okay, so the police actually voiced uh, flight risk concerns and told the court that the accused lived in a direct provision centre, having come to Ireland 11 months ago, where he had previously resided in the UK. A 29-year-old man viciously assaulting two women. The police advised he should not be released on bail, but yet they released him on bail anyway. Not just a flight risk, but of course, another ongoing violence risk towards women or possibly children or possibly other men. Who knows? It's crazy, it's sick, and it's insane, and it should not be happening. Uh, bus Iran, which is the Irish uh, bus company, uh, have admitted that if they turn the heating up on their new electric buses, because obviously it's freezing here at the minute in Ireland, or at least it was until this week. Last week it was minus five. This week it's positively tropical here. It's 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, bus Iran have told that if they turn up the heating on the new electric buses, they'll only get you to halfway towards wherever you actually want to go. It puts such a drain on the batteries of the buses. And then when they conk out, they can't charge them uh, until after 11 p.m. at night because it's too expensive to do it. So a lot of them are using uh, diesel generators in their bus depots. So they've invested heavily 
in these electric buses. The range isn't what they thought it would be. They're a hell of a lot more expensive to run than what they thought it would be. Basically stuff we've been warning people about for the last two years here since we've been broadcasting on uh, TNT, today's news talk. So yeah, take advice. Listen, we don't know it all. Uh, we make mistakes like everybody else. Uh, factual mistakes, you know, we can change our minds about things. But usually when we give you a little bit of a hint or a tip, and this applies to the government as well, because I'm pretty sure we've got some people checking us out from uh, the powers that be. I would be stunned if they weren't monitoring what we're actually doing here on TNT. You know, Take some advice, people. It'll save you time, it'll save you money, and it'll save you a little bit of stress. So that's what we're all about, keeping people right here on the one and only TNT, today's news talk. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's news talk radio, TNT. You know, here we go, bubbles bursting all over the place, Gemma, the, the EV, not just the personal ownership for cars, but people on the, the electric buses now. Some I've heard reports they can't get up hills, uh, you know, because they don't have enough oomph. And now we're being told that if they turn on the heating, that the range drops and they can't afford to charge them after 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. How, how are they still thrashing this out as the way forward? I know. And and did did my ears mistake me then? But did you say they're now bringing in diesel generators to power mm -hmm. them up? Is that, I Correct. mean, you could not make that Correct. one up, could you? Correct. The very yeah. thing they're demonizing fuel to, oh, no, that is just, that's made my hump day. That is, that's cl diesel. clown world on steroids, that one. <laughs> diesel generators to charge up the electric buses because they want to do away with diesel powered engines, which of course are bomb proof, they last forever. Uh, the last car I had before I changed it last year, I got 260,000 miles out of it. 260,000 miles. It was an old diesel and I bought it and thrashed it. I drove it into the ground and Gemma, it hardly ever put a foot wrong. And I was getting, what, 60 miles to the gallon out of it as well. And they're trying to tell me that that's a bad thing. They're trying to tell me that it would be better for me economically to invest tens of thousands in EVs and have no reliability at all. I ain't buying that one at all. I'll walk before I'll buy an EV. That's it. Fighting talk there from Rick Munn mm -hmm. on a hump day Wednesday. That's it. That's, that's the only way you say thanks, but no thanks, mate. I'm not having it. No. And, and and prove to me with my argument against your argument, you prove to me how your argument is so good. That's what you say to them, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's just, mm -hmm. you know, but it does lead me um, very nicely into the, the next story, which is, you know, the bubbles bursting on this, I think, as well. And I was listening to Ben from Chasing Descent uh, in the last hour with you and Natalie on Open Line, and he was talking very much about this religion of praying to the science. And of course, we're also encouraged to pray to technology, pray to things like the EV, although people aren't doing that anymore. They were initially, yeah. they were initially, but the bubble is certainly burst. And the other thing that bubble is clearly bursting on it is uh, the, the scourge, which is known as smart meters here in the UK, these digital meters that they want to really have all of us in our homes boosting out God knows how much in terms of EMF radiation frequency. I mean, we do know that last month, the energy regulator gave the some of the suppliers powers to go back and install prepayment meters forcibly into people's homes um, at the, to, to monitor bills. I wonder how long it will be before they try and do it with smart meters. But it does seem the bubble is bursting because there's a report out today, headlines today, saying that these these smart meters are just going absolutely haywire. They mm -hmm. are they're just going off with a life of their own, much like EVs. Actually, we've heard horror stories about them catching fire with people in it, uh, the doors locking while people are in them. They've just got a mind of their own, and it seems the smart meters are going the same way. Uh, this investigation has revealed that people have 
have been billed for energy um, in properties that are hundreds of miles away, uh, that the, the meters have gone rogue and latched onto readings from meters that don't exist or aren't relevant to the properties. And the end result is these huge, huge bills which customers are being landed with, and many are still fighting. They're fighting the, the the supplier, saying this is just completely wrong. They're saying, no, our smart meters say this, and our smart meters can't be wrong. Well, we've all known from the post office scandal in the last few weeks, mm. technology can be wrong with devastating consequences. Um, there's some very big names that have brought this investigation to light. Now, one is the Turner Prize-winning artist Grayson Perry. He's a, he's a global figure now. He was stung with a bill of nearly £40,000 based on a smart meter at country art studio that he barely used. Um, so he's brought it to the public consciousness. And a former BBC news correspondent, John Sopel, who's since left the BBC, um, he, was, he was stung with a five-figure bill for a meter reading that was completely inaccurate. Now, these people are very lucky. They've got huge public profiles, and they're able to take it straight to the media, who will lap their stories up, because they're extremely well-known here in the UK, and Grayson Perry is fairly well-known around the world. Um, but the, the average person, me and you, if we were stung for a bill of nearly £40,000, we'd have to fight that privately. Nobody would listen to our case. And people may well say, well, the smart meter said it, you did it, you know, and we wouldn't have the power that uh, that, that these individuals do have. Um, other problems are when meters break down, which they do quite frequently, the energy companies aren't coming to fix them. And the reason for that, some experts say, is they're not bothered about the, what the quality of the meter is like once it's in your home. They're just obsessed with meeting targets that the government has set. And of course, the government set those targets because it's all linked to Agenda 2030. Um, so of course, you've got the stress of the meter not working. Um, who's paying for all of this? It is us, the customers via our bills. They they put a surcharge, you end up paying for the installation of it, you, you end up paying for the whole thing, basically. And they're clearly not fit for purpose. And one horror story, this just goes to show, six flat, uh, flat owners in London, they all lived in the same building, they had a smart meter installed for their communal areas, for the lighting in their communal areas, the hallway, the stairs. Hmm. Um, previous to the smart meter being installed, the bills were £20 a month for the communal lighting. It was on a timer switch, uh, on a sense switch. Uh, when the smart meter was installed, the bills were up to £600 a month for the communal lighting areas. And it turns out that the smart meter was reading data for a meter that was 270 miles away in the north of England, had nothing to do with where they were living. So it's a salient example of we're praying to the science, we're praying to the technology. Mm -hmm. As we saw with the post office scandal, technology does not work and can go against us. And I think smart meters is one where people are seeing through this now, seeing through and the bubble is bursting and people are saying, nah, we don't want them, they don't work. We'll just go back to the old way of doing things. Thank you very much. Yeah, they think they're praying to the God of Sands, but in reality, they're dancing a jig with the devil and they find out about it when the postman, of course, delivers or an email comes through uh, and they get these eye-watering bills. And here's the problem as well. There's another uh, part of that article that says that the battles are made worse, i.e. if you're wrongfully charged or you uh, get a wrong bill or that your, your bill's 40,000 quid, for example, it says the battles with these providers are made worse by the woeful customer service at most energy suppliers so trying to get through to someone in the first instance because you're going to be in a state of panic you're probably going to be in a state of distress you want to talk to somebody you want to get this rectified who you're going to talk to you try and get through to a call center maybe you can't get through you're put on hold you're cut off you're told to write an email or go to the ombudsman or go round and round in circles and all the while you have these huge bills hanging over your head possibly wrongly because of bad meter ratings or they're taking it from another property. That puts people under a lot of stress as well, Gemma. So it's not just the fact that it could be overturned at a court if you get the court, but it's the stress and the time taken to that as well. And in the meantime, you've got maybe a 40 grand debt 
hanging over your head. Uh, it doesn't make for a pleasant way to live, does it? No, absolutely not. And, you know, you could argue it's by design. And, may, you know, if Natalie was here with us, she may well argue it's by design with her conspiratorial mm -hmm. hat on. Or you could argue incompetence. It's the same with the EVs. You know, is it incompetence that people have been encouraged to fork out huge eye-watering sums of money for EVs and then found they're not fit for purpose and they can't resell them, they can't insure them, and then the stress that that, the knock-on stress of that, not everyone's made of money. Is it is it the same with this? They've been designed incompetently on purpose to create that to create this huge amounts of stress and worry for for people up and down the UK or are they just basically rubbish products which should never been introduced anyway I don't know but certainly the facts from this investigation are saying that they're not working and not only are they not working they're, 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 they're delivering this hugely inaccurate uh, bills and, and and results and readings um, and technology is not this god we need to pray at it's one that we need to master it's a bit like the family dog you know it, it can serve a purpose but you're the master Master. You know, we're being encouraged to pray at the altar it's the other way around and that technology will somehow save us. I think the last few weeks have proven with the post office scandal and now this, that it's, it's far from the case. But luckily, people are realizing that, as you say, the bubble is bursting. It is. The, the, only, the only problem is, the only problem that I see is a lot of people will resist having these meters fitted to their houses. You know, if an electricity or an energy provider comes to you or me, for example, and says, we'd like to fit a smart meter, we can refuse that. You know, they're threatening to be able to force their way into the properties. There was bills last year they were talking about forced entry to forcefully fit these meters if people weren't paying their bills. I think the problem is that a lot of new builds, Gemma, that are going up at the minute on a lot of new properties have these fitted by default. So if you move into a property and bad from someone or you're renting it, for example, and there's already one already installed, it's a big issue to try and get that removed. Uh, it's not a simple issue to get that removed. So they're trying their damnedest. Uh, they're trying their damnedest to get these things in everywhere. But I think with stories like the one that you've just highlighted, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, a lot of people are seeing through uh, you know, all the, 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 the charade of smart meters, they're not really to benefit us at all. So big thanks to you as always uh, for bringing that one. And it's an ongoing thing. It's like a thaw. It's like a thaw after a big freeze. People are seeing, you know, we're, we're seeing a big thaw in the EVs. We're seeing a thaw in the, in the uptake of HPV vaccines, of MMR vaccines. We're seeing a thaw in people seeing through the BBC, not paying their license fees. We just got to keep chipping away at it and by heavens that's what we're going to do as long as we have breath in our bodies so thank you to that uh for that one Gemma. i know you'll be back in the next star with james freeman we'll talk again tomorrow morning on open line and please stay tuned i have anthony weber on his way into the studios here literally virtually on tnt today's news talk tnt's mark morano this just in we have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a, uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. to see protests shut down but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that you need to be dealt with i thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it mark morano on today's news talk tnt while serving in afghanistan i was hit by sniper fire 
The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, I'm joined live, uncensored, unscripted, and uh, into the unknown right now by uh, Anthony Weber. First time appearing, as far as I know, uh, on TNT, and certainly the first time that he's been on Locked and Loaded with me, Rick Munn. Anthony is a political commentator. He's also an analyst and a strategist, and he's the managing director of Wish Consulting. And if you want to uh, hook up with him or follow him, at least on social media, you can check him out on Twitter at Tony underscore Weber, or he has a website, AnthonyWeber.com. Anthony, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello, Rick, and uh, thank you for the invitation. It is actually the third time because I've been with a couple of your uh, colleagues, but I'm okay. delighted to come on with yourself. So thank you very Brilliant. much. Brilliant. Yeah, it's because sometimes I, I'm not sure if uh, people have been on the station or not, but I know for a fact that it's your first time here this morning on Lock Noted. So you're super, super welcome yes. this morning, Anthony. Uh, we've got a lot I want to try and squeeze in uh, to the short time that we'll have here on air this morning. I want to talk about uh, politics, what's happening on the political uh, scene at the minute. I want to look at America and also I want to look at what's going on uh, domestically here in the UK. Also, America, uh, it's going to be a huge year this year. It seems uh, we're seeing a lot of movement this week in the presidential lead up to the, pres yes. the next presidential election. Uh, we've seen the like of DeSantis, who's dropped out of his uh, presidential race. He's now endorsing Trump. The smart money would seem to be certainly on Trump running as the uh, Republican candidate. And it would be hard to see the Democrats uh, fielding anyone that will defeat him and that he won't be the next president of America. What do you reckon? Well, I don't think it's quite that straightforward. It does seem mm. that way. Uh, I mean, we had the New Hampshire primary uh, yesterday, and mm. um, uh, Donald Trump won that by a convincing margin of 10%. But what did surprise me was Nikki Haley actually getting 43% of those voters. Mm. Now, some said that a lot of them weren't Republicans, they were independents and others. But... Um, I, th I think, it, bearing in mind, there's been a lot of criticism of the caliber and quality of uh, Nikki Haley. I, I thought she actually deserved about more like 10%, not 43%. So I think a lot of it is a protest against Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, what you have got in the Republicans and the American public generally is um, they don't really want Biden against Trump. They'd rather have somebody completely different. Um, but certainly if you look at the Republican Party, uh, the next primary is South Carolina, which is 
uh, very much a sort of home state for Nikki Haley. Uh, and if she doesn't do well there, well, I think that's it. She'll have to give up uh, because uh, Donald Trump's clearly, clearly in the lead. Uh, I think what what is um, concerning in a way is um, if you look at the way the political issues are going. Now, uh, uh, President Biden won the Democrat New Hampshire primary without even putting his name forward. It's, it's all very complicated how the Americans do things. But basically, he had a big rally yesterday on the subject of uh, keeping choice on the, on the subject of abortion. Uh, and I, I personally think that um, the Republicans are going to have a lot of problems because if they go down the road of um, continuing to be anti-abortion, in some cases being quite extreme examples, um, they are going to lose the election. And Biden very cleverly chose uh, the choice issue because he knows a lot of Republicans uh, are very in favour of choice. So I, I, I think um, the Republicans really need to focus on the issues which most Americans are, are bothered about, the way their country's been run over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, former President Trump's got the capability for that. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. But we can't ignore the fact there are some other candidates in the wings. Um, whilst it's likely that uh, former President Trump will get the Republican nomination, um, there'll then be discussion about who will be his vice presidential candidate, which is very important because uh, former Vice President Pence was quite a letdown. Um, but if you look at uh, the Democrats, uh, there's a couple of other Democrats who are vying for position. Uh, a lot of the Democrats don't want Biden to uh, run because they think he might lose to uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and apart from the two people who are vying, um, there's also talk about people like Michelle Obama somehow getting um, the nomination. But that, that would actually require... Uh, President Biden to actually step down. So see what happens there. But it's also complicated because there are some independent candidates. There's um, uh, Robert Kennedy, uh, who is quite well known, and um, also... Newsom. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, yes, and, and a couple of others. But, but basically, last time, I think it was about 4% or so of the votes went to... Uh, sort of green, liberty, independent type candidates. And uh, the Democrats actually accused them of losing uh, the, the, the race because of people voting for them. So it'd be interesting to see how well these other candidates do, because there is an appetite uh, amongst the American public to have something completely new. And yeah. I think elsewhere in the world, particularly if I look at it from a UK point of view, um, people are absolutely fed up with uh, the the established uh, parties yeah. because it's seen there's no difference between them. Uh, and we haven't got to the state in the UK where if you look at, say, France, they've got a well-established new national rally party, which is polling 34%, got quite a large number of French deputies. Uh, here in the UK, uh, it, we, we're struggling to get new parties off the ground, mm -hmm. which are credible.
Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, who knows what's going to happen in the United States? There's a lot to happen yet. We're still a year away from, <laughs> um, well, just under a year away from the election itself. Yeah, it's not long rolling round, uh, Anthony. And you know what? Whether or not you, you're you're a believer in politics or whether or not you follow American politics or not, one thing's for sure, it's going to be uh, very entertaining between now and yes. around about November, which is when they're likely to hold these elections. But uh, I, I, we've got to take a little break uh, for some news headlines. And when we come back, uh, I want to look at the, the situation that you've just described in the UK in particular. You know, people want something different. There's a yearning, I believe, and a desire for something different. Yes. But in reality, at this point at least, is there anything viable that would be a good alternative for people that vote and people that believe in politics? Is there anything viable out there on the UK political uh, landscape or is there something bubbling beneath the surface? We'll take a brief pause for headlines and when we come back, we'll cast our eye upon the UK. So please stay tuned for more here on TNT, today's news talk. What time is it? Now, TNT Radio News. You know what time it is? Yeah. Time to read some news. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The United States has launched retaliatory airstrikes against Iranian-backed militias in Iraq in response to increased attacks against US forces in the region. The White House has defended its decision to sue the state of Texas for trying to stem the flow of illegal immigrants by securing the southern border. And NATO has put in an order for $1.2 billion worth of artillery shells as it seeks to replace those that the bloc has sent to Ukraine. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Okay, so we're just chewing the political fat here this morning with Anthony Weber. Anthony, we were talking briefly about America. And actually, just before we leave it, there's another little thing that I'd highlighted to bring up with you. Uh, interesting developments in Texas at the minute that are going mm -hmm. on. So the Biden administration has uh, instructed the Texans to remove razor wire to make uh, easier uh, access to U.S. from people flooding in uh, from Mexico and other places. The Texans don't seem to be uh, wanting to comply with that. The National Guard were out last night uh, putting more razor wire down. Are we starting to see the beginnings of internal frictions here where the government is telling people to do something that's blatantly bad for their state? Well, I, I think it just it shows what's going on in the American society. There's big uh, division uh, and uh, for whatever reason, the Biden administration wants to continue to encourage this mass immigration which is going on. And uh, the state of Texas is one where they've just had enough. And uh, you could argue that razor sharp uh, barbed wire is perhaps a little bit excessive, but it's more preventative. So mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not actually clear whether it's because uh, it's the razor sharp barbed wire that, that the uh, 
Biden administration is bothered about or whether it's uh, them actually trying to do something. But mm -hmm. uh, certainly um, people are so fed up that they are going to take these uh, excessive measures. And um, it's just um, what, what's going on in society mm -hmm. is one of the issues which is going to be in the American presidential election. But mm -hmm. also it's all tied up with uh, what's going on in the American uh, political scene about voting money for Israel and Ukraine and so on, because a lot of uh, Republicans in particular uh, and some Democrats are sort of saying, well, uh, there has to be money to secure our own borders. You know, forget about um, uh, what's going on uh, elsewhere in the world. So um, it, 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 it's... Um, a tragedy that there's a division in a country about protecting their own borders that, you know, mm -hmm. some people want to make it easier. Uh, but then we've had the same in the UK. Yes. Um, we, we've had uh, well over 900,000 um, immigrants from one shape or form coming into the UK in, in one year. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot of publicity about those coming over by boat, but that's been... Mm -hmm. A, a small proportion of the legal immigrants, particularly those given visas. And mm -hmm. we've had controversy recently because it's been revealed that, that people are waiting to have their asylum seeker um, decisions made. 16,000 of them have been given the, the right to vote. So, to, sorry, to, to, to work. So, um, what that means basically is all these people smugglers and so on who are encouraging people to come uh, to the UK, they'll, they'll say, well, look, the UK government, once you're here, once you step foot on the land, they're going to give you all these benefits, they're going to house you, and on top of that, you can work as well. So uh, they, they're making it appear like Shangri-La to come to the UK, which is a horrendous mistake. But what is concerning about the fact is that the government was keeping this secret uh, and also concerning that the, the opposition doesn't seem to be bothered and is very supportive. Uh, and so we get on to a situation with the UK where uh, the general public is, well, certainly a big proportion of the general public is divorced from uh, the opinions of the political elites represented by uh, the mainstream uh, Conservative and Labour, and obviously them uh, parties, uh, and it's this um, uh, so many things. It's foreign affairs, the woke agenda, uh, digital ID. Um, there's a long list of things where uh, there's not really anyone to represent uh, a big proportion. Could be the majority of the general public. One one doesn't know for certain, but. Um, Certainly, with the bar elections recently, over the last year or so, I think there have been about nine. The government's only actually kept one of the, the seats. Um, we've now got a Welling, Wellingborough bar election coming up on February the uh, Thursday, the 16th of February. And uh, there's seven candidates, of which there are two independents. Uh, uh, there's Conservative Labour, Lib Dem, and Green. Uh, but there's also the Reform Party with somebody uh, by the name of Ben Habid, who's quite well known. But he's been rather shot in the foot because the party leader, uh, Richard Tice, 
I was just gone over to Ukraine with a sort of aid convoy boy to give yeah. uh, uh, medical aids, apparently. And, um, you know, people are saying, what, what's he doing in Ukraine? It would, you know, sort of acting as Zelensky's right. delivery boy. It's okay. very uh, demeaning, uh, but also giving the, the very clear impression that the Reform Party is going to carry on with the government's policy of pouring billions of money into arms and aid into Ukraine uh, and basically encouraging the 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 mass slaughter which is going on there because uh, I've just seen the latest figures for Ukrainian casualties for January and they're just under 15,000 in, in three weeks. Uh, mm. And apparently a lot of these troops are going into the front line with about a week's worth of training. They're, they're supposed to have at least three months but all these people who are, uh, you know, encouraging uh, this sort of rather corrupt regime in Ukraine to carry on fighting and are forcing their population to fight, um, uh, they're, they're, they're um, encouraging a, a mass sort of slaughter of uh, Ukrainian uh, men in particular. Of course, it's affecting uh, Russians as well, but it's pretty well known that the proportion of Russian casualties is way below those of the Ukrainian ones. But the, the, the tragedy is that, um, uh, you know, there was an opportunity for a peace uh, deal to be arranged. And this was messed up by Boris Johnson when he went over to uh, see um, President Zazensky. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if we're looking at how do we have opposition to uh this blowing of money on overseas ventures because, uh, you know, it's been on the news that um, the UK has joined with the US in uh, bombing the Houthis in Yemen and there have been other bombings in uh, Lebanon, in Iraq, in, in Syria. And one thinks, well, hang on. Uh, these are all things which are basically on one side in the Israeli-Palestine conflict so they're all going to cost a lot of money um uh, and at the moment in the uk there's terrible hardship with the cost of living energy inflation uh uh you you name the many problems which have been caused particularly by uh russian sanctions against uh, sanctions against russia and the expenditure of, of money on Ukraine. And, you know, we've got, we're having people like things like special needs schools being closed down, libraries mm -hmm. closed down, uh, councils going bust because they haven't got enough money, uh, yeah. services, swimming pools, whatever. Um, and the government's saying there isn't the money. Yet, if uh, Ukraine asks for money, uh, the, the answer is uh, whatever it takes We'll carry on supporting you. And there's absolutely no mandate from the British public. And um, uh, it, it's if you look at this bar election, it would have been an ideal opportunity for somebody to stand up and say, no, we're going to stop putting the UK's interests first. We're going to put world peace first. Um, whether one of the independent candidates will do that, we'll have to see. 
But certainly Ben Habit of the Reform Party has been asked specifically say, do you support the Reform Party's policies on uh, Ukraine and Russia? Uh, or, do you, or do you support the UK being neutral? Yeah. Um, and um, my personal view is that Richard Tice going over to Ukraine has really blown a big hole yeah, it's in thrown us, it's thrown a spanner. It's thrown a spanner in the works. If I can just finish it on this, uh, actually, Anthony, uh, Tice put up a post uh, to say many hundreds of young Ukrainian soldiers who gave their lives uh, are in this war cemetery, heartbroken relatives, virtue signaling on Tice's part, basically. And my friend Didi Denzel, Darren Denzel, commented 600,000 dead when a peace deal was on the table in 2022. Why don't you call that out, Tice? Say if elected, you will demand a ceasefire and peace talks and refuse to send more weapons to this corrupt infested country but you won't which is why no one should vote for you so i think here we have the head of the reform party effectively mm. nobbling any viable candidates that he has going forward in the next election but we do absolutely need i think a cleaning of the plate uh, Anthony, I think we need to have, yes. if we're having anything, we need new blood, we need fresh people, no establishment people, we need independence there, and we need accountability there. And I think if we don't get that, unfortunately, it's just going to be more of the same under a different colour. It'll switch from uh, blue to red, or red to blue, or blue to yellow, or yellow yes. to green. It doesn't matter, they're all part of the same uh, outfit. So we've got to stop now. Uh, I could talk to you for an awful lot longer, but time is the enemy here. So that's Anthony Weber. Big thanks to you, Anthony, for uh, taking the time out of your day to come on and talk to me this morning. It was lovely talking thank to you. you. And I hope well, there's an appetite well. for what you said, certainly. So anyway, thank you very much. Oh, you're very, very welcome. So uh, we've got to stop now, take a little break. And Ian Davis uh, will be making his way into our virtual studio here on the Gold Coast in Australia. So please don't go away. Stay tuned for Ian. We'll be right back after these ads on TNT, today's news talk. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. I tell my son, I love you every single day. Now, my dad has never said that to me. Not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Okay, I've got my chum, uh, Ian Davis, beaming back into TNT Towers from an undisclosed location somewhere in the UK. If you're not familiar with Ian Davis, then all I have to do is say shame on you. He is a journalist, he's an author, he's a researcher, he's a blogger, he's into mental health, he's into geopolitics, he's into alternate solutions to all the problems that are plaguing us on the planet as we speak right now, and he's taking time out of his day to beam in. So thank you. And welcome back, Ian. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I'm doing very well, Rick. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's been uh, quite a politically charged morning that we've been having here. And here's the thing, right? Uh, you know, I think most people have no faith in politics. Most people have no faith in politicians. If you were to play a word association game this morning, Ian and I was to say politician to you, you would probably come up with the word scumbag, rat, corrupt, and so on, a criminal. Uh, those would probably be the first words that spring to your mind. But yet this year, 2024, let's look set to be a huge year politically on the world stage. And whether we like it or not, uh, there are going to be some uh, passing of the batons or, you know, changing of the outfits happening in various places this year. My previous guest that was on there, Anthony Weber, where we're doing a, a look at what's happening in America. And also, of course, there'll be an election this year in the UK. You know, is it ever going to go away? Are we ever going to get a viable alternative to our current political system? Or at the very, very least, what we're longing for is a sweeping of the table, a clearing of the plate and starting with uncompromised new blood. Am I just dreaming? Am I a dreamer? Like old John Lennon used to say, you know, or am I, uh, should I be looking at this more deeply? Um, you know, I mean, I, I agree with everything you say. I mean, there are, there are going to be some massive changes this year, 2024, you know, from a political perspective is said to be, you know, a, a year of change. But, uh, that's, you know, I mean, I, I would argue that, so in, in answer to the second kind of tranche of your, of, of your question, uh, no, no, there's there's not going to be any alternative. Um, you know, the, the, the policy, the, broadly speaking, the global policy trajectory is set. We are all heading down the same path, no matter where you look, we're all heading down the same policy trajectory path. So we're all heading towards sustainable development, to biosecurity, to digital ID, to digital money, to the fourth industrial revolution. That, that's a, that's nailed in. That that is a that is a certainty. So, the, the what what people are voting for is is a different flavour of how we get there. You know that that's you know that and and I think there are obviously differences between nation states and there are differences about how they perceive you know their their path towards uh the ultimate same conclusion so you know I mean I'm not saying that there's no political difference I mean there is obviously tremendous political difference if we just look at the difference between the platform of say Trump and Biden Right mm -hmm. there, there is on the surface there is there is plenty of political difference there, mm -hmm. but there's no on the big global issues the things that really affect us and I would argue on issues like war. Um, I don't think the decision making process uh, of whether or not a nation state goes to war is is necessarily in the hands of its so called political leaders. Right. So so even decisions like that, you know, I mean, 
when global events unfold, no matter what the the political party you've elected, the person that is in office or the team that the administration that is in office has to respond to whatever's happened on the global stage and choices will be made and, you know, people will argue about whether it was the right choice or not. But yeah. but the but if you then kind of realise, well, the, the amount of geopolitical factors, the number of geopolitical factors that lead to something like the outbreak of a war... You know, you're talking about something that that is that is fifty, sixty. You know, we're talking about generations of mm -hmm. of uh, influence and control and manipulation, and which leads us to this point, whatever that point might be. So to think that you can choose a leader today that is going to be able to significantly change that trajectory, I believe, is a fallacy. So the question yeah. is, what what do we what do we do about it? See, that's the, that's the thing. I don't know about you, but you know, when you immerse yourself in all the events that are going on in the world at the minute, which I know you do, and which I know I have pretty much been doing for the last two years straight now, it's hard not to get a little bit despondent, especially when it comes to politics. When you look at the way countries are being run into the ground, and you look at the fact that there are no viable alternatives there, and even if there were to be a viable proposition put forward, it could take five to ten years before it actually gets implemented. Sometimes you can feel a little bit despondent. However, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about you just before you came on and some of the stories that we've been covering, you know, you keep hammering away doing what you're doing. I'm hammering away doing what I'm doing. And there definitely are cracks uh, appearing in global narratives that wouldn't be there if you weren't banging on about what you bang on about and I wasn't banging on about what I was banging on about. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. So we're covering stories earlier on today. The HPV uh, job uptake is down 10% on what it was last year. MMR jobs are not being taken up on. The booster shots that are being ruled out, there are still people getting them, but the numbers are way, way down on what they were. People now are not renewing TV licenses, for example, which they probably never should have been doing in the first place, unless you're an ardent BBC fan. But it's almost like there's a thaw going on in or cracks are appearing in the dam. And we need to be, even if we do feel a little bit despondent, which I don't know if you do or not, but, you know, sometimes you can you say to yourself, is this futile? What, what, what am I doing? Is this just futility? Is it really going to make a difference? I think it is making a difference in many areas. Other areas we still have to work on, but we just have to be relentless and persistent. No, I absolutely agree. And I and I take a lot of uh, encouragement from the things that you've just mentioned there. You know, I mean, it, it, I think that there is a shift going on. People are, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the big focus of the, what I do, and I, you know, I mean, obviously I don't speak for yourself, but I mean, the big focus of what I do is to get people to be more sceptical and to mm -hmm. ask more questions and mm -hmm. not just to trust you know, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, recently at Davos, you know, the whole idea of of how disinformation is the world's worst problem. They don't mean they don't mean false or fake or disinformation. They don't mean reporting that is not based on any kind of objective analysis of of, of the evidence. What they mean about disinformation is their narrative. Anything that challenges their narrative is labeled as disinformation. Mm. That's it. It's just propaganda. And so, you know, the fact that people are questioning the narrative, wherever, whatever quarter it comes from, 
is mm. is good because that's all we need to do to start yeah. with. We mm. just need to be skeptical, and there's nothing wrong with being skeptical. And I'm not just mm -hmm. being not just being skeptical of the mainstream narrative, but being skeptical of the alternative media narrative, being skeptical of all of it. Just be just be individually skeptical of everything and that's yeah. that's that's a good starting position because then you are you know being reliant upon your own cognition about the mm. decisions that you will make you will mm. take responsibility for the decisions that you make so if you if more people start doing that and i think they are starting more people are starting to do that we are heading in the right direction because mm. because it's the top down imposition of global solutions that we need to to really consider what is behind that top-down imposition and whether it is actually something that we should in any way go along with abide by or support in our local community why why should why should for example why should we accept the idea that farming is bad for the planet. Yeah. What? Why should we accept that idea? And I and I think I think if we start questioning these, frankly, mm -hmm. utterly ridiculous top-down narratives that we are given, we're heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the step is, you know, that what we really need to head head towards is more localized decentralized mm -hmm. autonomy that's what that's yeah. that's where we need to go and i think there's every reason to hope that maybe in a generation or two you know that's where we there where we could get to and, yeah, and, and this it is a is, good start and it needs just constant application of pressure which is that's what i mean that's what we're trying to do in our own uh ways in our own spheres of influence and even people listening into the shows you know a lot of people are spreading the word a lot of people are becoming more vocal uh, in their local communities they're becoming more vocal online and i i don't think there's any substitute for real world action but there's no doubt about it that the internet is an absolute weapon and it can't be weaponized against us but we can also weaponize it against the globalists and i think that's what we've seen uh, results happening. I'm thinking about the. I've written one word down here: conscription. And I was thinking about this. There was headlines flying around here to say, well, if uh, NATO goes to war with Russia, there could be conscription in the UK. And I just paused for a second, and I cast my mind back uh, to 1914. Okay, when Britain, uh, you know, went into the First World War. There was no alternate media back then. There was only the British propaganda war machine. And, you know, your country needs you. Go and fight, the, you know, the Germans, you know, fight for freedom. And then when they got to the front line, when they got into the Somme and they were, you know, being shot to pieces over 10 to 15 feet of gain over potholes and craters and rat-infested trenches, you know, the bubble burst. But by that stage, Ian, you know, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of people had to lose their lives? It's different nowadays because there is an alternative out there, for example, to say, well, I'm not going to go and fight a proxy war for NATO that's, you know, being pushed by, for example, at least on the surface, the Biden administration. I'm not going to risk my life for that. I'd rather do three years in prison than be forced to go and fight a battle that I don't want to be in. And I think there's going to be a real, that's that's what I mean about a shift. Uh, there's, there's an alternative out there now. There's people that are causing other people to be skeptical and question 
everything. That didn't exist 100 years ago. I think people were a hell of a lot more easy to manipulate. So again, that's encouraging for me. Uh, because I think if they were to bring that in today, you know, uh, national service or conscription, I'd rather do three years. I'm not going to go and fight bloody on behalf of Rishi Sunak or Grant Shops or uh, Dominic Rab. Hell no, I'd rather rot in a jail cell than be shot to pieces for them because I'm not fighting for freedom. I'm fighting a proxy war. Yeah, yeah, no, quite right. I mean, I mean, we can go back to Vietnam, can't we, when we think about people like mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali and the stance that they took about, you know, mm -hmm. do, doing exactly that. I mean, I'm not sure quite what I make of this conscription mm. stuff that they're that they're hanging out there for everybody to consider. I mean, I don't think there's much chance of them ever actually so trying either. to conscript anybody no. into anything because no. I, because I think they'll probably you know the resounding chorus of apathy that that'll be met with that 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 will just mm. blow their whole kind of well, kind of uh, facade out of the water. Really, mm -hmm. uh, I mean. But it is good, you know, absolutely that people that now there is a there is a willingness to question that precisely along the lines that you just said, you know, why should we go and die for? I mean, the, the interesting thing about war and I mean, we're talking about ultimately where we're heading, uh, you know, in terms of resisting this paradigm, if you like, that we that we live under. And something, you know, no matter what the war is, no matter if you can look at any conflict anywhere in history, regardless of the relative merits or, or your shortcomings of, of why that war happened, all war occurs through the same mechanism. People in authority start wars and people who obey that authority fight them mm -hmm. in, every, in, every, in every case, regardless. So... If you even if you look at a, a, a guerrilla resistance movement, so this the, you know this is the same thing. Somebody in authority formulates the guerrilla resistance, and the people that are in the guerrilla resistance obey the leaders to fight and blow up things. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that that path is wrong. It could be the right thing to do, but nonetheless, if you took away the start starting block of someone in authority telling other people what to do and you then took away the automatic obedience to people in authority i think there would be far fewer conflicts in the world because mm -hmm. because who as you rightly say if they if they just wheel out say right we're going to have conscription a lot of people would go along with that because they believe it is the right thing to do because mm -hmm. you're being told what to do and we are told to obey authority. It's a good thing. So many people may may be willing to, to conscript themselves mm -hmm. because they obey authority. They think it's the right thing to do. The government's telling them what to do, so they think it's right. Yeah. But that's how people get slaughtered in places like Ypres and the Somme. That that's mm -hmm. how that mechanism works. Yeah, it is, and of course, there'll always be people that will uh, continue to you know follow the government's narrative and uh, dance to whatever tune the government pipes. But I think what's encouraging again is the fact that the numbers of people that would blindly do that are certainly less because of alternate platforms and people uh, questioning the narrative and people being skeptical. Who would have thought that being a skeptic uh, would be such a dangerous thing? That's the most, uh, the, the best way to fight the government is to be skeptical about everything they say, question everything they say, tear holes in everything they say, and then tell other people that they're a lying shower of you know what excrement. Uh, but anyway, on that bright yeah. note,
we're, we're almost up to time here. Just to direct people your way in, and a massive thanks to you, of course, as always, for taking time out of your day to come on here and talk very frankly about whatever it is. We normally don't have a script here or anything in particular lined up. We just bounce off of each other. So please check out Ian's work. He's got a website, Ian Davis, I-A-I-N-Davis.com. And also you can follow him on X or uh, Twitter at underscore in this together uh, so please feel free to check out ian's work ian thank you again as always you and i'll stay in touch and hopefully talk again sooner rather than later uh, stay tuned for james freeman coming on board with the freeman report i'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m uk time with natalie on open line but in the meantime stay tuned here to the one and only tnt today's news talk mm-hmm.